Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey guys, Kevin Cruz here. Welcome to the LeadX Leadership Show, where we help you to stand out and to get ahead at work. Now, as you know, we like to switch things up here, keep it interesting, and to continue that tradition, today on the podcast, instead of me interviewing an expert guest, we're going to have the guest deep dive into their topic. You see, you'll be hearing audio from a LeadX webinar. Now, of course, there are dozens of great webinars on leadership, management, communication, productivity, and more, all archived in the LeadX app. Just visit leadx.org for more information about our webinar archive. So enough on the setup, enough background information. Here is Vanya Mathis to introduce our guest and to hand it over to them. Enjoy. Today's guest host has studied productivity and work-life balance for more than two decades, and she's the most widely cited authority on attention management. She was named a top leadership speaker for 2018 by Inc. Magazine, and she's a staple in business media, including regular contributions to the Harvard Business Review. Helping us today to become empowered over our productivity, here's award-winning speaker, international trainer, and lover of stories with happy endings, Mara Neville Thomas. I'm Maura Thomas, and I'm here to share a little bit of information from my new book, Attention Management, How to Create Success and Improve Productivity Every Day. I was asked to share a little bit about how I got started, and I spent um, many years in the personal productivity industry. I, I worked for a company that sold paper-based planners, and my last role with them was in um, as director of marketing. And as director of marketing, it was my responsibility to know everything that was being taught in the productivity industry. So everything from um, all the other productivity um, systems out there. And so I had to go to every training and see every speaker. And then I left and started my business. And I was able to take the best of what I had learned and roll it up into, uh, into the system that I teach now that I call Empowered Productivity. And as I studied productivity, I began to realize that really people kept talking about productivity in terms of time management. But what I what was frustrating me is that I was realizing that time is not our problem. And our problem is really distraction. And so I started writing about this concept that I called attention management because you can't solve a you can't solve a time a distraction problem with a time management solution. And so I started writing in 2010 about attention management. And that got some interest from my publisher. I wrote my first book, Personal Productivity Secrets, in 2012. And then I wrote my second book in 2017. And now my new book is all about attention management, even though it was a theme of the first two books. So what I want to share with you is 
if you've ever had that experience where you're driving to work in the morning and you're thinking to yourself, I got to do that thing. <laughs> I have to get that thing done. As soon as I get to work, I'm definitely going to do that thing. But you get to work and the phone is ringing and the emails are downloading and people are coming up to talk to you. And then you realize at three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, oh my gosh, I haven't, I still haven't done that thing. If you've ever had that experience, then you might be frustrated and most people will try to solve that with a time management solution. But the truth is there is no amount of time management that is going to change that situation. Even if you decided, even if you managed your time, even if you said at 9 a.m., I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna do that thing. And if you do sit down and do that thing at 9 a.m., but then you look at that email that just comes in and then, okay, where was I? Back to that report that I was doing. Oh, look, there's a text message. Let me get that. Okay, no, where was I? Back to that report. And then somebody interrupts you. If the time that you set aside in your calendar goes by like that, with you switching your attention, then you will have a very different experience than the one that you intended that thing probably won't be done or it will be so full of mistakes. So what I would say is that what matters more today than time management, how you manage your time is only relevant to the extent that you also devote your attention. So what's much more relevant today than time management is attention management. And the more I study productivity and, and effectiveness and the secret to live a life of choice, rather than a life of reaction and distraction. The more I study this, the more I become convinced that the secret is all about control and specifically control over your attention, your ability to manage your attention. is like taking that tidal wave of information and communication that is threatening to drown us at any moment and turning it into a manageable drip that we can control. So there was a 20th century philosopher, often known as the father also of modern psychology. And he said he had many interesting things to say on the topic of attention. One of the things he said was that my experience is what I agree to attend to. Now, I'm, I, I wish I could see if you, if you agree with that or not. My experience is what I agree to attend to. I think it makes sense because if you think about it, there are many things in this world that you are interested in. And so because you're interested in, you give your attention to them, you attend to them. And so you have experiences around them. For example, my husband's a photographer, so he gives his experience, he gives his attention to photography. And so he goes out and does photo walks and he talks to people about photography and he buys lots of photography equipment. And so he has experiences around photography. I am not into photography, so I don't have any of those experiences. So I think this sentence, my experience is what I agree to attend to, is useful. It's even more useful though when we combine it with this statement from Dr. Gilovich, that we are the sum total of our experiences. And if called upon to write our memoirs, it, it is our experiences we would write about. Now, when you think back on your life, it's really just a string of the experiences that you have had. You're remembering all the major moments and sometimes not the less than major moments in your life, the experiences that you had. So to me, we need to recognize that if our attention determines our experiences and our experiences determine our life, 
it then follows that our attention determines our life. And if it's true that your attention determines your life, what if too often you don't control where your attention goes? You just inadvertently allow it to be stolen by all of the millions of things that are constantly demanding it. Then you know what happens in a day, right? The day gets by you and you feel like you were busy all day, but you didn't actually get anything done. But the problem is those days add up into weeks, into months, into years. And pretty soon you might find yourself at some moment of reflection. If you've ever had an experience where you've said to yourself, huh, I still haven't made very much progress on that. I still haven't done that thing. I still haven't, you know, gotten that promotion or started that side business or written that book or gone back to school or built that dream home or moved to that new city. Or if you've ever said to a friend, oh my gosh, how long has it been since I've seen you? If you've ever had that kind of experience, then that I think is the cumulative effect that having your attention stolen is having on your life. So I would go so far as to say that you have to be in control of your attention in order to really be in control of your life. And so I want to give you three specific steps today to um, controlling your attention. So the first step to attention management is that you really need to control your environment. Many of us work in a large open, noisy, disruptive office. And we tend to think, a lot of my clients think, well, that's just the way it is. It's loud, it's noisy, everybody's always interrupting me, and that's just the way it is. And so I have to figure out how to get my work done despite this. But the truth is that you can exert more control over your environment than perhaps you do. So for example, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have a door, an office with walls, you could certainly close your door. If people walk through the closed door anyway, they knock, hey, do you have a minute? Then you have to teach them that that closed door means, please don't disturb me right now. So when they do knock and they say, do you have a minute? You might use some language that feels polite for you, but say, actually, I don't right now. Can you come back when the door is open? Or maybe even put a sign on the door that says, do not disturb. Now, if you don't have a door like many of us don't, you need to devise some sort of signal that tells your colleagues, I would rather not be disturbed right now. Please don't disturb me unless it's an emergency, of course. But that might be headphones. It might be a sign on the back of your chair or somewhere on your cubicle wall that says, please do not disturb. And um, maybe it's a funny sort of sign. Uh, maybe it talks about how you're in the zone and you don't want to be interrupted, but some sort of mechanism. It could be a flag for a cubicle wall. It could be a cubicle stoplight. It could be any sort of signal that tells people, please do not disturb. But then you have to be judicious with that signal. When you really don't want to be disturbed, put the flag or the sign up and then don't let anybody interrupt you. If they interrupt you anyway, ask them to please come back another time when the flag is down or the sign is down, do the thing that you plan to do without any interruptions. And then when you're done and when you're ready to talk to other people, take the sign down, take the flag down. So you really have a lot more control over your environment perhaps than you exert. I think for most people, if they use the sign judiciously, it can't be up for eight hours all day, every day, but maybe for 15 minutes every hour or for, an hour, a few times a day. I don't know, the frequency and the duration 
for when you use that sign is totally up to you. But the point is that you need to um, have that signal that allows you to exert some control over your environment. So that's the first step, controlling your environment. The second step to attention management is that you have to master control over your technology. I think we have forgotten that we have our technology for our convenience, not so that anybody in the world can interrupt us all the time, right? We, um, most people that I speak with never, ever, 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 ever shut their phone off. Every single piece of technology that you own has a power button. You might not know where it is, but it really does have one. And if you feel like you can't turn it off, then what about the do not disturb feature? Some people feel like I can't turn it off because what about if my kids need me or my spouse or my boss or whatever? Well, that's what do not disturb is for. And that's a really great feature as well. In fact, studies show that just having our phone in our presence distracts us, even if it's off out of sight is better, but powered off, out of sight, um, at least do not disturb, or how about silent, not vibrate? A lot of people don't even realize that their phone can be silent without a vibration feature because the vibration still interrupts someone, right? It interrupts you, so you have to regain control over it. Another way to control your technology is to shut off all of those push notifications. Every single app, even websites now, want to send you push notifications. And for the most part, you don't need those. Those apps, those push notifications are there to get you to interact with the app. In most cases, they're not there to serve you. So shutting off the push notifications is super helpful. Um, except for the ones, as you go down the list in your phone, shutting off all the notifications, just ask yourself, does this really serve me? Like if you have an app that tells you that your gate has changed at the airport or your reminders on your phone that tell you like it's time to leave for the meeting, those serve you. But everything else, oh, you've got a Facebook like or somebody wants to connect with you on LinkedIn or, oh, there's breaking news or um, just all of those other push notifications you can probably shut off. And then lastly, think about those notifications that tell you that you have new email. Do you really need an indicator to tell you that you have new mail? If you think you do, let me just spare you from that right now. You have new mail. <laughs> At any moment of any day, it's pretty safe to assume that you have new mail. So it's a good idea to shut off those push notifications, those, um, those indicators that tell you that you have new mail. Even better, work in offline mode. Because sometimes the task in front of you is to deal with the email that's already in your inbox. But you can't deal with those messages that are, that, that are already in your inbox if every time you read one, a new one comes in. So for most of us, the only way to stop that is to work in offline mode, but certainly also turn off any notifications that you have set on any of your devices that simply indicate to you that you have new mail, because it's just safe to assume you always do, unfortunately. Now, here's the thing that we need to recognize when it comes to our technology. All, many of the technologies that we engage with, we are not their customer. For the most part, we are the product. Our attention is the product that they sell. So that's what those push notifications are for. Technology companies are engaging in 
pers- what they call persuasive technology. And that persuasive technology is designed to get you to behave in certain ways. Some people might call that manipulation, right? The, it's all about getting you to engage in the technology. And so in the book, I write about what I call the productivity paradox. We need this technology to do our jobs, but this technology is interested in getting us to engage in the technology at the expense of doing our jobs. And so you really have to exert some control over your technology and over all of the interruptions that your technology causes. Because if you don't control your technology, it will certainly control you. And that leads us to the next issue, the third step in attention management, at least the beginner steps in attention management. The third step is that once you control your environment and once you start to control your um, technology, then you can begin to engage in the next step, which is controlling your habits. A lot of people talk about whether or not we're addicted to technology, and I actually think that's the wrong question. I will leave addiction to the psychologists. But what I can say is that technology is designed very specifically to be habit forming. So our technology and other people and even ourselves, we, in, we get interrupted every few minutes, studies show. So when we get interrupted every few minutes, distraction becomes a habit. And it's a habit that gets reinforced every few minutes. So the more distracted you are, the more distracted you will be. And so we've become habituated to distraction. And so this this habit of distraction chips away at our attention span and it chips away at our ability to be focused and it chips away at our patience. I bet you feel like your attention span is shorter than it used to be. And I bet you even feel like you are less patient than you used to be. And I believe that for most people, that is because of our habit of distraction. And so then not only do we... the our, our de- decreasing patience means that we don't even have the desire to stay focused on something for any extended period of time. And our decreasing attention span means that we don't really even have the ability either. So once you start to control your attention, then you can regain control over that habit and you can kick that habit of distraction. So the three steps controlling your environment, controlling your technology, and controlling, regaining control over your behaviors and your habits. But what I hope you leave this this, uh, webinar or this podcast, whatever you're listening to, I hope you, what I hope you leave with today is the awareness, the awareness of when your attention is being stolen, because without the awareness of your habit, it is very difficult to change that habit, right? You can't change a habit that you don't even realize you have. So starting to become aware of how often your attention is stolen and and regaining control over that, beginning to exert some, some attention management is really the first step. Now, you've perhaps seen heard the idea of being in flow or being in the zone. Flow is a documented psychological state where our highest and best selves come out. It's where our performance is optimized. And if you think about control over your attention, your ability to manage your attention, if you think about that on a range, you will have distraction 
at one end and distraction that just really chips away at our brain power. Distraction is at one end of the range, meaning no control over your attention or very little. And then you have flow at the complete opposite end. Flow is where your highest and best self comes out. Flow is where time just flies and you um, perform your best and you feel really satisfied at the end. And in fact, the side effect of flow is this feeling of joy because you just know that you've got something done and you have that sense of achievement. So what this means is that distraction and flow are at complete opposite ends of the continuum. It means they are mutually exclusive. There is no flow in the presence of distraction. And so if you would like to engage in flow more often, then you must create environment with no distraction more often. And so I've been talking about this ability to really engage your brain power. And I call this sort of brain power momentum that we build up, I call that unleashing your genius. And attention management really gives you, once you begin to practice attention management, you do start to control your distractions and to you can begin to maximize your focus. You can engage your flow more often. You can be more present in your moments so that you can really build up that brain power momentum so that you can unleash your genius. And, and by your genius, I don't just mean your wisdom and your experience, even though that's important. I also mean all of the things that make you, you, right? Your humor and your compassion and your passion and your empathy and all of those things that you bring to an interaction, to a task, to an experience, it is very difficult to marshal those resources fully, to fully unleash your genius in two-minute increments. And so distraction is really robbing the richness of our lives. And of course, all of this unleashing your genius is really in the service of my definition of productivity, which is achieving your significant results. I believe that how productive you are in any moment is how much progress you have made on the results that are significant to you, whatever that means. You get to decide what significance means. So to me, that's the power of attention management. And when you are engaged in attention management and when you um, practice that, instead of at the end of the day having that feeling of you were busy all day, but you just didn't get anything done, those feelings of just sort of spinning your wheels all day. Instead, you have this ability to do your most important work and you feel more satisfied at the end of the day. You feel more productive at the end of the day. You feel like you really brought your full self um, to your work, to your life, and the experiences get richer. And another benefit is that you have more peace of mind. Instead of feeling, instead of feeling, um, flustered and frustrated at the end of a day, you feel calm and peaceful. So those are the three steps to attention management. That's why I believe attention management is the new path to productivity. Time management is the old path. I think you should even stop thinking about how you, how you, uh, stop thinking about your productivity in terms of managing your time and instead think about it in terms of managing your attention. And if you would like to get started, I have an offer for you. You can go to marathomas.com slash assessment, 
And you can take my attention management assessment, which will tell you how um, sort of where your weaknesses are and where specifically you should look to get started. Some specific action steps that you can take right away to get started. That's marathomas.com slash assessment. I hope you found this useful and I really appreciate you participating. Please feel free to reach out to me via my website if you have any questions at all, if there's anything I can do to help. Friends, if you like this episode of the LeadX Leadership Podcast, please take a minute, leave a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. Ratings are invaluable for attracting new listeners. And I like to convert those listeners into leaders because, you know, I'm on a mission to spark 100 million leaders in the next 10 years. And if you want to become the boss everyone fights to work for and nobody wants to leave, check out the LeadX platform with Coach Amanda at LeadX.org. And if you have 10 or more managers who could use some binge-worthy training, send me an email at info at LeadX.org, L-E-A-D-X dot O-R-G. And we'll talk about getting you set up with a totally free pilot for those managers. See if they like it. If they don't, that's fine. We go away. Part as friends. But if they love it, you've just found yourself a new resource for them. Remember, leadership is influence. You're always leading. How are you going to lead today? <laughs>